It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you listen to this, this is the Dynasty Points Market Report, first official episode coming in to everyone. We were going to push this off for a little bit longer wait for tom lee to get to to rejoin but you know what there's been so much talk about startups and adp and and where to tier and how to tier out and we talk about it a lot in the fancy points discord and maybe to some of you that's this is new information or you might be newer to dynasty this is stuff we've covered before with the full tail dynasty podcast but we're gonna cover it again today at least a little bit just to get Get some ADP content out there for all of you degenerates that are drafting right now. Again, the main Dynasty Point show is not back until towards the end of February. And then so Market Report will be there in its stead moving forward every week. Of course, on this pod, you have myself. I am Thomas Tipple. I am hosting this here event. Joining me tonight on this program is... Lucas Gilbert, you know him from the Dynasty Points and the Full Tilt Debbie Show. And, of course, a new host in here to Dynasty Points is Andy Buckler. You can find him, Andy underscore Buckler. This team is an interesting team of people to be doing this podcast because we all think differently. And that is what is important. It is very hard to create content that is actionable when everyone nods along And doesn't have a disagreement. On this podcast, I can firmly say that Lucas and I definitely don't agree because I win championships and he likes rebuilding. How Andy plays his leagues, we're going to find out here on this this program. And we're going to find how that correlates to the content. It's, It's great stuff. I'm looking forward to it. We have a lot to kick off to early. We have a few questions that we were outright asked here guys if we can get into so i think the best thing we can do is just peel off the band-aid dive right in look andy lucas we're not a news show we yeah. are not a a start and sit show we are not you know there's there's 672,421 other podcasts articles tweets where you can just get a bulk of information from that's not what we're going to be here for we're here for market watch values who's moving in adp who's not who's climbing who can we target who can we avoid who can we tear down to that's what i want to start with and andy i'm going to start with you right here tearing down is my personal favorite method for doing a startup draft. We are going to do start drafts. We actually have a startup draft that draft board that is going on live right now that has been given to us by a fantasy points discord user and subscriber for an example. Uh, how do you approach it even to begin with? I think is what I want to open with. Yeah. So I think, I think it's a little tough because like a lot of startups I'm in, it's kind of hard to trade down because everyone wants to trade down. 
So a lot of times, honestly, like I do sit at my pick a lot of times, like whether mm-hmm. that's like not necessarily like that might not be the best strategy, but I'm just not trying to pay that price. Like, cause sometimes it's honestly cheaper to move up, but uh, with moving into tiers, I think probably the most would be like around that fifth round with those receivers. I think that's really what, where you should be doing that. You should be moving from like the fifth to the eighth and getting a 25 first. I think that's really where you should be doing it. Cause you're off of the, like, by the time you're in the fifth round, you're off the players that are worth two, three first at that point. They're they're mm-hmm. gone. They're off the board. And when you get into the fifth round of receivers and you're at like the Drake London, Michael Pittman, or She Rices, they're all the same player. So move back and get, you know, get you a little asset. That's where I do it mostly. But like I said, a lot of times I'm just not moving back because it's sometimes it's just not really worth it all the time for me personally. I under- I understand that. I still am just constantly trying. Lucas, when you have the situation where everyone is trying to trade back, how do you stand out? In this is it moving fewer picks back is it being okay taking a bigger quote-unquote value loss and moving a full round back how do you approach a situation like that i mean typically whenever i'm in drafts it's the folks who are wanting to move that round plus up to go and mm-hmm. get people in like multiple players in tier one of that position they're trying to go out get an advantage that no one else in the league is going to have and you don't necessarily have to do that for all of your teams, you don't need, you know, multiple tier one receivers right off the bat, multiple tier one running backs, especially right off the bat. So you have to be comfortable also just taking those little moves, the one to two picks, three to four picks, because while you not while you might not be getting as much in return, you're still able to move down, stay within a similar tier originally up until the point that you get out of that tier, you have a nice long range of assets and i think that that's really nice especially for some of the earlier round picks whenever you're moving from like your tier two or tier three players down but it also presents a very fun buying opportunity as well if you're close to the end of a tier and you're seeing multiple people like trying to do this sort of strategy there's a very good way to come out and really like pick up some extra value that others are laying off the board. Yeah. I'm just okay. Skipping full rounds. If it means I am getting some appropriate value in return. And let me explain that. If you're looking at, let's say this draft, this draft board, and I'm looking at this, the first round is not that far off from the second round to me outside of the quarterbacks. And then of course, obviously like say Jefferson and lamb, I am okay trading back from 1-7, 1-8, 1-9, 1-10, and moving back to 2-10 if I'm pulling a fifth. Because that's generally the move. If you're moving a full round back, you you take um, an excess pick, say, in the fifth, the fourth round. That's obviously an ideal scenario, right? I move 1-9, and and I get back late two and five, I'll smash that every time. Because I am moving away from the end of a lot of middling tiers. Say in this draft, you're you're moving away from Najee, Montgomery, Robinson, Levis, Deontay, Stafford, Kirk. And you're getting to move, whether it's six or five, because some people might think that five is too expensive. But if you're telling me I can take a slight value hit from Justin Herbert to Bijan, which for the most part in a league outside of a startup, that's almost a one for one at this point. 
in terms of value. So if you're looking at it from a outside of a draft into an established league type value, if you're telling me that I can get uh, Bijan, and if we go up here and into the fifth, this being a tight end premium, if you're telling me I can get Bijan and Kyle Pitts for Herbert and Roshan Johnson, then yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that very quickly because you can you can make up that that value later because again you you'd end up having two second round picks. So if you're if you're ending up with Dak or Kyler, who's still going entirely too low, which we called on Dynasty Points, mind you, I definitely called that still going in the third round, asinine behavior. But if you're telling me you can walk out. Moving down from Herbert, pick up Bijan, still lock in Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Jordan Love, and then come back around to the third, and then get to double tap in the fifth as well, and pull out a Rasheed Rice and Michael and and Kyle Pitts again at the expense of having Justin Herbert and Roshan Johnson. That's to me a move to make. It just might sound a little difficult to get your head around. I'm losing out on that first round pick. Why would I want it? Because at the end of the day, when the, when it's league time, you're still gaining a competitive advantage, especially especially if you can start working in packages for future second round picks into every single one of these trade downs. Every single one of these trade downs, you should be asking for a future second, because they're going to be easier to attain in a startup draft than any other time of the year. Because most people aren't like I would be asking for twenty six seconds in every every yeah. trade I do. Because it's the, you can get it's the third the, too. Yeah, it's it's the cheapest time to get them, and they're the most common trade fodder. You will send more trades out trying to get Keenan Allen for two seconds, or you someone like me, you offer two seconds for everybody, and and <laughs> hope something lands. But right, if you're actually yep. contending or competing, or you keep those those seconds, and now you're stocking up even more ammunition, more opportunities. So if you're trading down, I would say don't be afraid to trade out of these first and second rounds and net those extra third, fourth, fifth, and sixth picks. Because though Andy said you're okay trading out of six to eight, six to nine, I agree. In terms of stockpiling opportunity at at realistic minimal cost, yeah, give me those three, four, five, six yeah. as an extra because – your dynasty team is just going to be storing value. And though having two elite quarterbacks, so I'm saying if, if I trade out a 107, but what if this guy had, you know, 103, and now he gets to walk out with C.J. Stroud and Justin Herbert? That's great for him. That's phenomenal. But in a lot of those weeks, your Matthew Stafford, Cars, and other quarterbacks you can get later in the draft, they're going to definitely make up a lot of that production and then you're going to make up most of the, your the other the rest of the production with how much better the rest of your roster is at the end and it I, gives you again more trade ammunition i think that this year presents a real opportunity for dynasty managers in startups to not even pick in the first two rounds with the way that quarterbacks mm. in that second to third tier are falling especially if you are including your rookie picks in your startup this is a great opportunity to get the Brock Purdy's of the world, the Jordan loves of the world. I know, I know that one hurts a little bit more, uh, but there are really good quarterbacks in the third round that you can trade two rounds out of 
really get some really nice picks in fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. And you're going to have a absolutely just deep starting roster right off the bat that no one else is really going to be able to, to compete with you with just it's, it's free value. It's stuff that we don't normally get to see because you're seeing, I don't know, 15, 16 quarterbacks go off the board before it turns into round three. This is a very unique year just because that tier has gotten bigger from the elites. Uh, there's a lot more who moved up tiers, not moving down. And I think it's time to take advantage of it. So yeah, I mostly agree with what you just said, but I also think that it's a very bad time to draft round round early round yeah. three Brock Purdy. Yeah. There's there's right. some landmines in there. Like you gotta avoid the Tua's and them type of dudes right. in the third I right now. I like I loved and we talked on the on Dynasty Points, Jacob and I, how I said Brock Purdy deserves to go with the two one, but he'll never get there. It doesn't matter how good Brock Purdy does, he'll never get to the two one. Unfortunately, Brock Purdy is in purgatory at three four. Three 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 two three one. Fourth round Brock Purdy like that a lot. Fourth round QB one Brock Purdy I like that a lot a lot a lot. But give me AJ Brown Garrett Wilson Trey McBride in a tight end premium over over Brock Purdy for sure. Especially again when you have other quarterbacks down down not other quarterbacks that are one as my QB one. But if you are moving out of rounds one and two and you're okay with Purdy, you would better be collecting an extra second-round pick in the startup draft, a future first-round pick, and like a sixth and seventh to be yeah. able to do that. Because that, that is a big jump and a big loss. You, you better be comfortable doing that. Yeah. yeah. I also want to point out that the second round this year for running backs is insane. Yeah, it's good. It's it's absolutely goaded. Not what I want to be doing. Obvious reasons. I I don't want to draft running backs. If I can if I can avoid it, I will. However, what this is doing, running backs are moving up boards right now, which is kind of the opposite from my past. So if we go, we're looking all the way up into the fourth round. We're looking at Hall, McCaffrey, Bijan, Gibbs. Jonathan Taylor, James Cook, Etienne, Kyron, and Achan, all being drafted in the fourth, in the first four rounds. That is more running backs than I ever expect to be drafted at that point. What that is doing, it is as long. Oh my God! As well as Watson going at the three ten, Goff going in that mid third yeah. range, Tua going in the mid three, Brock Purdy moving up to the mid three, Fields falling to the early three and love moving up to the to the early three range is pushing more receivers down. So yeah. it's actually viable to draft, you know, a Brees Hall, a Gibbs, go anchor RB if you trade out of the first round because receivers are just getting pushed down right now. Olave's a fourth-round pick. Cooper Cup is an eighth to, to seven and eighth-round pick. There's so much value in those seventh rounds if you're okay Having some vets, Adams, God, uh, sorry, not Godwin, Ugh. Debo, Adams, Debo, Diggs, Cup, Keenan Allen in the ninth, Evans Mike, in the eighth. Mike Evans, yeah. You're just getting some killer wide receiver values right now, just pushing down. And then, of course, there's Nico Collins in the in the late four. Waddle is actually at a very 
comfortable place right now in the in the mid fours. I'm actually finally comfortable drafting Jalen Waddle in the mid four. I have been anti Waddle for years because he was going in the fucking second round. I don't want second round Jalen Waddle. He's alpha cucked. I don't. <laughs> I don't want that. Like he, he's a hundred percent cucked by AJ Brown. So or not AJ Brown, Tyree Kill, who's also back in the second round. So shout out, shout out to everyone that let me draft Tyree Kill in the mid third because he got traded to the Dolphins. Shout Dude, out to you're, every you're still one. loving that. Yeah, it won me leagues for two years. Just love it. I appreciate all of you. Yeah. The more I look at that third round, that third round's ugly as hell. Those third round quarterbacks are so bad. And it's such a dead zone. Hey, hey, QB. Hey, almost all those third round QBs are bad. There's a Kyler, first round QB going in that third round. Kyler, Kyler doesn't count, but Justin Fields, Brock Purdy. Tua and like Jarek off in the third. Like, I don't know how you can do that. And then there's such a dead zone of QBs. I don't mean to get off topic, but you no, got, do you got five, nine, uh, well, I guess five, nine in the draft and five, nine in real life <laughs> price young right here. <laughs> <laughs> and then no quarterback goes for another, almost two rounds. Like you have to avoid that dead zone of QB. You can't pick a quarterback there. If you're, if you're stuck, like if you have no quarterbacks or one quarterback, you can't dive into that dead zone right there. Like if you're the one that picked Bryce Young, like right there, you pretty much threw away a pick. Because what's the difference between him and like a shot at Levis way down the ninth? Like, yeah, just looking at the board. I don't know if you guys have any takes on that or anything like that. So, no. all right, I just want some clarification here. You're saying <laughs> you don't want a quarterback in the third round, but then there's this huge dead zone in quarterbacks. Right. I'm very I, I much okay with getting my QB one in the third round. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm I, very cool with that. And then waiting much further down to get the Staffords. Uh, some days the Will Levises depends on how risky I'm feeling. Uh, yeah. Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, but yeah. I'm very much okay with waiting for that second yeah. one if we're doing that. Yeah, I just think where we differ, and I think like maybe I'm like uh, messing up, but. Like when you said the Bijan, the Bijan pits for Justin Herbert, like I just want Justin Herbert there. Like I don't want to get out oh, of that tier. Like I just don't want to give up one of these. Like I want one of those first round quarterbacks. Like I don't want to lose Justin Herbert for, you know, a running back and a tight end that may never happen. Like I want, I just want Justin Herbert there. Like I, and this I is, this is why wherever you have leaks that have people who just want to trade down, you can still find that person to trade up. We yeah. all have our different preferences and what we want to do. See, but I don't. I don't think that way only because I know that again, I again, and I post this a lot in the discord when I, when I, and I say it a lot into the mic, I'm comfortable uh, being wrong on things like that. Like I'm comfortable going from Herbert and instead I'm just going to roll out Matthew Stafford every week. And when he puts up nine, I'm just going to be okay with it while I watch my wide receivers dominate. So I'm totally okay not having 18 point per game Justin Herbert. 19, even 20. I don't even think he I don't think he hit 20 point per game. Uh now that I'm thinking about it, I don't have him pulled up here off the top of my head. But I'm comfortable knowing that I can make that up in the aggregate with my higher value players at running back. Right? So whereas someone, Andy, you might be comfortable saying, Yeah, I want Justin Herbert and I'll take Najee in the 10 or Connor in the 14th. I don't, I want the elites, the upper elites yeah. at the top tier at the expense of being able to tear down. At, it was just at that a position example. Like quarterback. Like, those players just, you mentioned, like those, those are players you mentioned, those are like sexy till they play players, right? Like, like Kyle Pitts looks really good in your lineup till he plays and then he scores five points. And then you just wish you had Justin Herbert. 
It, like, no, but in a tight end premium league, I'm still not like regretting having Kyle Pitts on my roster because I'm very much aware of, you know, his situation, injuries, things like that. If if you go and you look at things like fantasy points per drop back or fantasy points per opportunity, let's say to include some of the rushing. There's just other options. And I agree that I don't want to be sitting there in the fourth round drafting or the third round drafting guys like Tua or whatnot. But I'm fully aware that, like, yeah, Pitts hasn't looked super sexy, but his upside is there for sure in those big games. That's what tight ends are until they break out. I'm fine with that in a tight end premium. I don't want to be rolling out Ty Conklin. <laughs> Uh, like I do in so many leagues because I miss out on that, you're still gaining a position of scarcity. A player with upside who's young, who has insulation, like, and a situation that can get better when he doesn't have Desmond Ritter throwing him the, the ball and a head coach that takes him out at the goal line constantly, then, yeah, you, there's a clear path there. We know what Herbert is, and Herbert's very good. He's a very good asset. But there's just quarterbacks that you can, again, make. I, I would just, Kyler Murray. I would trade out a Justin Herbert to go and get Kyler Murray. Fantasy points per Fantasy points per drop back. Justin Herbert last year was a .47 fantasy points per drop back. Kyler Murray was a .5. So I agree. I just I just don't know how realistic it is. I know it's in here, but like I just don't know how realistic that is in like most leagues to really get Kyler there. But It's happening talking, all the time in the back half of the second round. All at least, day. At least, like I know we're using this draft board as an example, but we're talking about from every bit of ADP searching that I've been doing. Yeah, Kyler Murray going in that, in that, at least the maximum that I've been seeing him, unless it's like a really sharp Kyler Murray individual, you're, he's going in the late second to early three. Like that's just where he's going, especially now with the rookies going in there. And it's a travesty. You should be going in the first round. Like without question, I would swap Trevor Lawrence in the mid two. I would put Lawrence at the the beginning of the third. Then I, before I put Kyler. Yeah. But pe- people people love Trevor Lawrence. But that's a great example on tearing down. From from tier to tier, we can just immediately shift right to that. Let's talk about tearing down within a position to gain elsewhere, because I think that's kind of what we were doing already. I'm there's a couple of quarterbacks where I'm not comfortable doing that. Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, CJ Stroud, Lamar Jackson, and a list. And even still, Lamar Jackson, he's teetering. I've talked about how Lamar Jackson is the worst elite fantasy asset that you can have for years because his 12 point games come in bunches and then his 40 point games come in bunches. So you never know what you're quite going to get with him. Uh, You just know that he can blow your league up every four to five weeks and then go on runs and tears, right? So he's teetering on that. Yeah, I could trade down to to Kyler Murray type tier two rounds later. I can do that. Every other quarterback on the board, from Burrow to Herbert to Hertz to Richardson, Lawrence, Dak, Kyler, Love, Fields, Purdy, Tua, Goff, even Watson, I am comfortable moving up and down within those quarterbacks if it means getting pluses like Nico Collins, Jonathan Taylor, Mark Andrews, Rasheed Rice, 
Kyle Pitts, DJ Moore, et cetera, et cetera. I'm okay with that. I'm totally fine. And getting, obviously, picks and whatever else it comes into. What you're looking for when tearing down, because I know this was a question that got asked. What I am looking for in terms of how I pick a player to tear down to, it's are the range of outcomes at least similar? On a week-to-week basis, will they be able to, pro- to provide similar to greater production on any given week consistently? Fuck it. Even inconsistently. Can they just do it? Like, I know that Derek Carr, towards the end of the year, was playing like Justin Herbert. He can give you those games. Now he's going to give you a lot of bad games at the same time, but every player in the league does. Look at what Patrick Mahomes did this year. Everyone was pining for Patrick Mahomes to have good games. This is a year you could have teared down from Pat Mahomes to you could have teared down to Jordan Love or Brock Purdy or Tua or Goff at any point and gained so much in total value. And yes, it's Patrick Mahomes and he's goaded and he's super good, but on a week-to-week basis, his production is still replaceable, which sounds super messed up to say. But if you remove the name and just add the data, on a week-to-week basis, you can get at least similar production and you're just adding monstrous value each time. I mean, I I think you're saying it exactly right. And that's also how you start designing your tiers too, whenever you're doing your rankings. I think a very fun thing, at least for this, is how some of these younger assets start getting valued beyond where they're currently going to be able to produce. And that's a very easy way to start making up some of these values whenever you're tearing down. If you're in a similar tier, but you're going from somebody who, I don't know, it's their second year in the league and everybody's really excited down to somebody who it's say it's their fifth year in the league. We already know what they are and they're going to still be producing better, similar, if not better numbers than somebody who everybody's really excited about. I think Rashi Rice down to Michael Pittman, uh, Brandon Ayuk. I think that that's a pretty good example. You could potentially go from Rashi Rice all the way down to Jordan Addison and still be in a very similar tier, but just with what Rice is doing in the playoffs right now, that's also helping his value go up. But I think that that's a very good way to start gaining value. And it's, I think it's the easiest to do in the wide receivers than any other position, but that's a, that's a very good place to do it. Pick up. I don't know. I think that that's going from almost fifth to sixth round or from early fifth to late in the fifth round, easy way to change your, I don't know, 11th round pick into an eighth, the seventh round pick and really help yourself out there, especially if you don't already have your quarterback yet, but get that extra pick in the seventh round, get somebody who's just going to slot right into your starting lineup already. Yeah, I think receivers is the easiest way to demonstrate similar range of outcomes while picking up values. I had a question asked of me in another Discord that I'm in at goingfor2.com. Shout out to Jeff Lambert over at goingfor2.com. He runs a, a good ship over there. Someone had asked if they should trade A.J. Brown and a 25 first for Tyreek Hill and the 106. It's like, without without a doubt, there's no question in my mind that you should make that trade. You're getting better than similar production because A.J. Brown has never outscored Tyreek Hill. A.J. Brown has never surpassed eight 
15 fantasy points per game. Ever. He's never done it. Tyree Kill is a monster. So you're getting similar production. You lose a little bit of years. You're netting a guaranteed top six pick in this draft for a 25-1 in this while giving yourself an opportunity to trade for another 25-1 at any time leading up for that draft. That's a smash, in my opinion. And that is a clear way in this draft Tyree Kill went before A.J. Brown. I don't see that being the normal once we really get into some serious ADP data, which we should be doing next week. I don't think that's going to be the norm. I think that this is a very case-driven situation. But shout-out to whoever got A.J. Brown at the 3-6. Here, if you anytime you get AJ Brown in the mid three, I mean that's just a smash. This is a guy that was going in at two one last year, but that's an example of quote unquote tearing down while gaining immediate value right now. Because whoever you take at one hundred six, neighbors, Awuze, Bowers, and Daniels is going to have more value than that twenty five one. So that's just a simple way to do it. Now I talk a lot about the nesting doll wide receiver market and why I would just inter interchange any one of these wide receivers. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain this because this is another question that got asked of us. How do you navigate tiering and how do you decide what players go into these tiers? Well, let's talk about it because it's not that hard for me to sit here and point it out. And again, wide receivers are the same. Now I'm going to exclude Garrett Wilson here. In this, because I think Garrett Wilson is not a nesting doll. I think he's absolutely goaded. He had the season that he had with four plays from Aaron Rodgers, whatever whatever it ended up being, and then the ghost of Zach Wilson, and then what was it? I think it was Simeon, Tim Boyle, Tim Boyle, like Simeon, just like the worst possible case scenario. Wilson again, and he still balled out. <laughs> He was still an absolute baller. So I think he doesn't fit into this, even though his end totals kind of fit into this, this tier. So let's talk about the nesting dolls. Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave. You're going to not like this, Andy, but be ready. T. Higgins, Devonta Smith. I'm I'm gonna exclude DJ Moore from this because I think he finally got out of the nesting doll situation. Nah, put, put him in there. I, I I think he's better than the nesting dolls. He has alpha. He has true alpha upside. I don't think these other guys really do. But Waddle, Olave, Higgins, Smitty, Ayuk, Pittman, London, JSN, Flowers, Rasheed Rice, Tank Dell, DK Metcalf. Jordan Addison, there's no way you can tell me that these guys' range of outcomes aren't all pretty much identical. Their their usage, except for the rookies, obviously, because they're rookies, but really, they're Zay Flowers, upside limited to the, the team that he's on, right? There's just never going to be that elite wide receiver one out of Baltimore. It's just not going to happen. They run the ball too much. And then everyone else, JSN, not the alpha on his team. Rasheed Rice might be the alpha wide receiver on his team, not the alpha pass catcher on his team. London, alpha wide receiver on his team. Upside, not really there. Michael Pittman, a lot of targets, a lot of targets, really good. True elite upside, not really there. 
Ayuk, same thing. Smith, same thing. T. Higgins, same thing. Waddle, same. They're the same player. So if you're wondering how I'm identifying these guys to trade up or trade down or what have you, I look at their possible range of outcomes and I go, well, it's probably, it's pretty probable that Waddle and Higgins in a full healthy season, they're going to finish the year about the same. They're probably going to provide at least similar upside, even though Waddle's like big blow up game upside is absolutely nuclear. His floor is also hell, especially in that offense right now. So same thing with Smith. He has big boom blow up games, but his floor is mid. It's so mid. And every single one of these guys, you can tear down to Keenan Allen and get big pluses and end up with production that's similar. And that's the point. You have to be okay knowing that you're going to lose maybe an opportunity on a big swing upside. I don't think T. Higgins is leaving Cincinnati, but if he did, he had the opportunity to be an alpha, right? Maybe A.J. Brown gets traded. Now Smith is maybe the alpha, right? You have to be comfortable. Tyree Kill's going to retire to do porn. Apparently, <laughs> that's what he said. You know, that's, that's what the amateur porn site X.com is talking about because of what, because of an interview. I mean, hey, if that's your career path, man. Godspeed. Wish I could do it. No, no one wants to see that. Um, so shout out to him. And yeah, so maybe you're missing out on that opportunity. I'm okay missing out on that in terms of gaining, whether it's multiple ones or some of these upside type players. I'm okay with that because you got later in this draft here specifically Debo in the seventh, Adams in the mid seventh, Cup in the eighth, Keenan Allen in the ninth, Mike Evans in the eighth. All of those guys are going to give you similar to equal production to Waddle, Ayuk, Smith, T. Higgins, Chris Olave, DK Metcalf. I mean, what we saw from Tank Dell, I don't think is sustainable, but I think he's a good player. But again, I think those older guys lower are going to provide you with similar enough production that'll allow you to gain overall value elsewhere. Like maybe it's like when Andy, what you said, maybe it's the quarterback. Maybe you don't want to tear down from quarterback and use a Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts or Anthony Richardson to tear down. You can for sure use these wide receivers to do that. For and sure. it'll, it, it'll probably, quote-unquote, hurt you less. For sure. It'll feel it's more super, palatable. It's super flat. Exactly. So that's how I'm looking at tiering. What are their range of outcomes? Tight end, it's harder to do. Tight end, way harder to do. I mean, we talked, Lucas. Yeah. We did a whole shtick about how it's tight end bliss now in Dynasty and how mm. we're getting there. But there's still a big difference to Laporta to... to to Kincaid, McBride, to Hawkinson. So it's definitely harder to do at tight end. You, it's Once again, even though it's a deeper, quote-unquote, pause, uh, you still want to um, be wary that you still want to take one of the top five, in my opinion. I want to walk out of the draft with a Laporta, a McBride, less Andrews, but I want Kincaid and I want Pitts. Because I really think Isaiah Likely is here to stay. I really do believe he's going to eat into to Mark Andrews a little bit. Hey, awesome. yo. <laughs> yeah, I, I had the pause on deck. 
I had the pause on deck. I was ready. I knew what I was saying. All right. Pause. I mean, I, I think you're exactly right, though, especially at this tight end position. We're, we're all super excited to get one of these uh, really young guys. It, it does hurt knowing that you have to pay up that much to, to get one of them. But I, I think that they're definitely worth it. Uh, it's not the scenario where we've had of there's only three to choose from. If you don't choose one of those three, well, you don't need to care about them until the 12th. However, you get someone like Njoku last year or like, I don't know. Goddard was down there whenever he Evan still had Ingram, value. Baby. Evan Ingram was down there. Uh, so it sucks. It's just part of the reality of, of where we are. I, I will say though, if you don't get one of those five, really don't care about touching it until late, late, Seventh. late. Seventh, eighth. I mean, we're looking at Kelsey falling into the eight. I don't think that's going to be okay. a regularity. But you're no, gonna I, don't, I don't think in so the eighth, I don't hate that at all. Upside games. Uh, I don't know why Musgrave is going ahead of Kraft right now in drafts. I mean, I think Kraft has done a more than good enough job to sustain a role there. But and it, I mean, you're getting the Kittles. Capital. Correct. You're getting the Kittles. You're getting the Njoku's. You're getting. Uh, shout out to Jake Ferguson, who is just skyrocketing up ADP boards. He was my tight end favorite last year, if you remember. Uh, he was my favorite late round tight end last year. I don't know who it's going to be this year. I haven't got my finger on it yet. But the more I dive into ADP data, I'll have one for you guys. And I'm, I gotta tell you, if I pat myself on the back, pretty good, Conk Daddy. Right, a couple of years ago, called that one. Gave you Jawan Johnson, another one. I get, you know, I just, I'm pretty good with the late round tight ends here, but same situation. And then you're looking at running back and running back has always been just a clear fade for me outside of the, the top three, top four, like McCaffrey in the second round. I'll never touch it. I think that's bad roster construction. I think you're pigeonholing yourself into a win now team. Not good, but like I'll draft some Brees Hall in the second. I'll draft some Bijan in the second. I'll draft some Gibbs in the second. I actually think there's value in these mid to late round running backs. So if you're tearing down and you're like, Oh no, I didn't get Gibbs or you're like, okay, I'll trade out of Gibbs or Bijan. Cause somebody really wants them. I'm going to get a sixth round pick. I'm going to get a ninth and 10th round pick. Well, guess what? You can get Rashad white in the mid six. Don't like Rashad white in the fifth. Love Rashad white in the sixth. Love Najee. Anywhere after the 8th and lower. Love it. You can give me Derrick Henry in the 10, 11, 12. Smash. You're getting your RB1 in the 10th round, which is usually very difficult to do. But we're talking about guys with volume. Mondre, Pollard, Henry. Uh, I really hope Nick Chubb comes back, baby. I really do. But Najee, Mixon, Kamara, all going after or in the eighth and later. And don't get me wrong. I like Calvin Ridley. I like Terry McLaurin. I like Amari Cooper. I'd probably take these guys over running backs, but I mean, it's getting harder and harder and harder to continue to push down. Like if you already have five receivers, then no, I wouldn't draft Amari Cooper. I would, I would draft one of the running backs because at some point you're just storing wide receiver value on your roster and, to what end? So at some point, I mean, yeah. But also, can we can we shout out Christian Kirk going ahead of Calvin Ridley? 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know anyone else that could have possibly oh. predicted. Oh, that was Calvin definitely Ridley coming. Underperforming. Uh, I, I don't know. Lucas, was it you? Was it? What? Was it? It definitely wasn't Jacob. But I, I, say? I know. I know it was me. That was Team Kirk <laughs> over Team Ridley. Team Gambler. That had I so. Years. I don't know if I was in on Kirk, but I at least knew I was definitely not wanting to buy any Ridley. So oh. all props to you on getting that one right. That's how we roll, baby. Uh, that was just an easy fade for me. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna relish the victory lap on it because I'm not. I may not have. Do, do we have victory lap music yet? I don't. Have, I haven't got the victory lap music sold out yet. But I'm gonna get that. I'm working with Trey. Okay, we're gonna get that on. There. Next thing to be added to the soundboard easily. Victory. Yeah, you're right. Um, unfortunately, I will never hear that. <laughs> but you know, um, it's it's fine. Uh, I have I have okay, my own other it. strengths, uh, like just stockpiling a whole bunch of picks and, and having Judy. fun with that. And Jerry Judy, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know. That that was fun for a little while until it, it wasn't, and boy, it, it wasn't after what, what after that, that. What I call that three years ago, and you fought oh me until this goodness. year. Finally, we, relented. We fought that for so so so, so, long. so long, and so yes, long. yes. Then I finally said, you know what, mm-hmm. it is done. what it is. Good, I'm happy yep. for you. I'm happy for you. <laughs> so I'm happy for me too. That's personal growth, and <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Always improving. We talk about it all the time at fantasy with uh, uh, in fantasy football, being able to establish that kind of growth. Well, look, I think that we've done a pretty good job hitting on some of this. The only thing I want to ask more of is this is the point after looking at this board, I got inspired for this question that we briefly talked about off air. How do you take advantage of league mates futures first? And second round picks. I'm talking 25, 26. If you can get them, if your league lets you three years ahead, like there's always managers that you can identify that are probably future orphan teams in a startup. They're always that guy that's like, nah, I'm taking these these elite vets. I'm just going for the title year one. YOLO. Don't care. F these picks. Somebody has to win. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love those guys. I love those guys. And there is always one. And I'm looking at this board, and I've already identified that player. Uh, you know, if you're drafting five, six, seven running backs, and aging veteran receivers, I want that guy's first round pick. So, how do you guys take advantage of that? What are you looking for in targeting your league mates that that might be more willing? to to move those future ones for these vets right now Uh, definitely the same as you like just looking at who's drafting like like they uh, like immediately the guy who drafts christian mccaffrey like you want to go get his pick (laughs) because you know that he's should most likely be drafting all the you know Devontae adams all those type of players right so you just keep you just keep looking or like in this specific draft like this guy at the 110 like he has six tight ends in the first eight rounds. Like I want to get his first and I want to pay out for it as much as I can. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't, I didn't realize he was doing that until <laughs> right now. <laughs> what? Why? Oh, I, I don't all, all know the... what's going on right now. His, his name is last place for life. So uh, at least it's kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so you want his pick. 
<laughs> so I, I will say this during my startup hey, drafts. Hey I, hey, I like bully. I like bully tight end and tight end premium. Okay. What bully is, tight oh, end and no, tight end premium no. is what, what, one, what point, is, one point bonus no. for a tight end. Come what on. Is, what is bro cooking? You took a fourth a fourth round Dalton okay. Kincaid, a fifth round Jake Ferguson. No, all but, right, all right, I, I'll right. say this. I'll say this. At least he's not drafting bad tight ends. Other than I'm not a big fan of Jake Ferguson, but Laporta, Kincaid, and Joku Komet, those aren't bad. But not a fan of Jake Ferguson. Well, as going right after Kyle Pitts, no, just, not just, not really. Just take but, a wide receiver, my brother. Just take a wide receiver. But if you're uh, getting a full, if you're getting a full point per game bonus, his 50 catches equal 100. So I mean, it's it's more than viable in a flex spot on a week to week basis to go bully tight end and tight end premium. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna back you up. You won't be last <laughs> place for life. I'm gonna back you up here. If you're drafting a tight end that is gonna, it like David and Joku in this format would have been like wide receiver five for like seven weeks. So I'm just saying. <laughs> We're talking tight end premium strategy when the bonus is this tilted to that way. I would rather have some of these young bully tight ends than like JSN. Okay, so I get it. I'm just backing you up, big homie. <laughs> but I think you're right. I think there's also that guy in every league that at least that I've been drafting in that will send every other manager their future first straight up for a pick. For like They'll the fifth send round, it to everybody. Oh, no, those oh, are my starts, favorite. It starts in the third you, round. You, you it starts in the third it. round. Yeah, but I accept it in the fifth. Yeah, you could almost right. always get a free first round pick for that fifth round startup pick. Almost every time. And that's why. That's why to me, I'm always in contact with that match. Hey, do you have this guy sending you? Who? What? What is this guy doing that's sending a first already? And then if you just get a reply, maybe you don't. You're fishing a little bit, but I like to do that and kind of. That's how actually I met Lucas. I was making fun of somebody's draft. In the yes, that's exactly in. what it was. Somebody oh my was goodness. doing that tactic. I <sighs> messaged Lucas about it because I joined him as a forum boy back then. And I was like, is this guy, what is this guy doing? And that's how Lucas and I became friends. And now we podcast together, uh, making fun oh of somebody's draft. Goodness. Like that. How that was during COVID. Yeah, was oh, that was a COVID ago, draft. Holy cow. I think it was oh. the COVID 20 league, if I'm not mistaken. It, it was. Yeah. What a flash from the past. Holy cow. Yeah. I pulled, I, yeah, that's a deep pull right there. Yeah. Deep um, pull right there. So, Holy shit, did your voice get deep all of a sudden? <laughs> what was that? I don't yeah. know, man. I don't Where know. Where did that come from? Oh, uh, my God. Anyway, there's always that guy. And I'm always in touch with my league mates as best as I can. Because if he's doing, if he sent that to me, he sent that to other people. And if you get that kind of confirmation, get ahead of the game. Hey, look, man, this is how I approach it. Look, man, the 106 is still on the board. I wouldn't make that trade for a future one straight up. If you give me like a middle pick here in this draft, I think I could do that swap. And if he yeah. says, no, I wouldn't do it for a middle pick, start working. That He's giving you an opening now. And if he still says no, if that pick is still available later, go after it every other round with that same thing until that's enticing. And then if his if he does move his twenty five one, go after his twenty five second and his twenty six one. Those people that are willing to move those future ones will always reveal themselves. Pause. Hey yo, uh, yo. Uh, <laughs> oh, that that is a really fun strategy. Known. 
So the, the, the person, the first person to move a 25 one, you immediately start saying, all right, you don't want your future picks. What's it cost for your 26 one? And you can even move yeah. that rounds before you get and to that pick that they'll even, actually move them for. You don't even have to wait to do that. You can just already, hey, I'm not sure if you're into it or not, but like if you get the itch to move your, your future picks, let me know. Because I'm more than willing to work. With oh, you. yeah. Yeah. Uh, another fun thing that I like to do That's is... That's a Tom as, Lee special. True. As soon as there's a run on running backs in yes. any round... That's immediately whenever you start trying to talk to someone to move that pick because somebody yeah. gets desperate. Uh, Tom, I think it was my second year ever in a league. He took Please so you. much advantage of me on that. Oh, my goodness. The Josh Jacobs, the Miles Sanders and just gutted me. Uh, that was that was a tough, tough, tough lesson to learn. But, you know, it was learned. So not doing that anymore but oh, I, I love that strategy hey, to be fair you you fleeced me on javante so that's this cap. year true you can't that's even cap you fine. still talk me into it but yep. um but and judy was right. also in there i, I remember yeah. that too look that at, was a sad moment look at i think you're right in when to identify on that rb run because for the most part andy if you've if i've got uh, sorry, if you got James Cook and I offer you a first and a second for James Cook in an established league, I know you're the James Cook truther, <laughs> but it's going to be hard to say no to that, I imagine. Well, I mean, James Cook is the actual GOAT, so I'm not sure. But no, I, obviously, you obviously take a first for him. You're not going to get like those running backs, those like middling running backs that just don't really catch the ball. Don't like those like you know, 12 point replaceable running backs. Like you just want to get a first or any of them do same thing with like, you know, the Debo's like that type of range and wide receiver there in the seventh. Usually I'd say Debo probably closer to like a six round pick. Like you can get a first for him. Like you can get a first for anybody in that tier. No one's really paying a first for Debo in a league. So like, if that's the tier of players on the board and you can get a first straight up for that, I've done that trade a bunch of times. And like, you're just not getting like those players aren't where they're like the middling tier players where it's like, they're worth more than a second, so not worth a first. So yeah, I would, you know, all day, you know, those dudes, like you said, usually reveal reveal themselves, pause. Even before the draft starts, they'll start saying like how they want to move up, they want to get off their picks. So you could you could uh, uh, do a lot of finessing in drafts like that. And you're bringing up another great point. If you have a position solidified and you start to see that there's the end of a tier coming up for – another position that you're not really interested in attacking right now. That's another great way to get somebody to pay more than what they normally would. Uh, I know that it used to be a couple of years ago, DJ Moore was like the last of like the young yeah. elite, elite at the time wide receivers. Uh, and people, yeah, there were, there were people sending arms and legs trying to just get that opportunity to add them because it was, it was scary after that. So that's, that's a great way to really take advantage of trying to get somebody's first. Uh, I know it's not exactly trying to get the first, the one where somebody orphans it and it's the 101 and you just feel so freaking proud of yourself. But it's another good way just to get extra value that you're normally missing in some of your trade downs. Yeah. Those those late first turn to mid first really fast, really really fast. So you want to attack those for sure. Oh my! The, anyone? Oh, I'm I have a projected 
That's a whole. I can do a whole podcast on how stupid that statement is. You are, you are never not a turf toe, pulled hamstring, got out of bed wrong, hurt my back, shoveled snow, and jammed my wrist away from being one oh seven. You're just not. So stop with that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm looking to trade my projected late twenty-five one. Oh, your twenty-five one is projected late. <laughs> Tell me how, Nostradamus. I hate that. You can't guarantee <laughs> nothing. There's nothing guaranteed in this game. Oh, we want those. You That's want good. every one of those because those are the future orphans. Look, guys, I'm just, you know, I'm just looking to cut back on my leagues right now. You know, life. Life is busy. Life's life's just been crazy. I haven't really been checking them that much. You know, it it's just not working. So but, I wish if you, I wish all you guys the best. Good but, luck but if you got a shit team with no picks on it though. But if you got a startup, let me know. I mean Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> DMs right away. My uh my my league fees check will bounce, but I let let me get in on that league real quick with you. We all we we know people like that for sure. In in RL and it's sad. Sad world out there. But take advantage of those guys. Uh, it, it's it shouldn't be that difficult to assess who the guys are. Like Karim Belicia, <laughs> McCaffrey, right? McCaffrey, Barkley, Henry, Jacobs, Pacheco, Evans, Deontay, Nick Chubb. We need that. Homie, pick. I'm I'm coming for your for your picks. And this is no disrespect. People draft how they draft. Nobody gets it right. I'm coming for your picks because that late 25, that late 26 that you think you might have. I got news for homie. Half your, half your team's going to either be in the CFL or a retirement home. So, I just realized the 112 didn't pick a real player yet. Correct. He's, I, I, I like, I like, no. Oh yeah, my God. He drafted Amari Cooper and big he drafted Baker. <laughs> He's got Baker, Addison Cooper, and then all the draft picks, man. I think, oh, I think that's a man. totally viable strategy. You're oh, that seems like getting, something I do. You're getting Caleb, Marvin Harrison Jr. You're getting neighbors or Bowers. I mean, you better hope those hit. Otherwise you're perpetually rebuilding, but. I mean, I think it's. I I think that's a fine stretch. And now you're making a play at at that's, uh, that's, at one one next I year. I think I, I think that's okay. I don't I don't agree with burning buy-ins though. Like that's burning. You're burning two years of buy-ins for no reason, right there. At least. All right. I would did. You, would you consider that a competitive struggle or just a struggle? It's a struggle. That's <laughs> that's not a productive struggle. That is a struggling struggle. <laughs> so two years ago, I didn't make my first pick in a startup draft until the fifth round. And this wasn't one that you were picking players in, but I didn't make my first pick until the fifth round. Uh, obviously, I got the 101 the following year. I made the playoffs this year. This is the only league that I did, but I did make the playoffs with Sam House, my QB2, and was very quickly out of the playoffs yeah. with Sam House, my QB2. So you live and you learn. Um, but I I do have a lot of fun with those type of things. I 
just my strategy in general i tend to struggle with trying to make a very competitive team first year in a rebuild just because i can't bring myself to trade up to be more competitive whenever i'm like oh but the optimum value here is i don't know tajay spears in the eighth round so i'm waiting until the eighth round to get my tajay spears and then he goes seven nine and i'm like well not making that pick yeet and you Mm -hmm. just you, you move on. Uh, I do have a lot of player take lock when I'm doing a startup because especially in a startup, I don't want to draft someone that I'm not a massive fan of. I just I can't bring myself to do it. So I do end up trading down a ton. And then who it shows that I have 15 future picks because I threw one of them into every single deal that I did. And all of my like I took everybody in the league's future second because I traded my six 11th round picks that I had stockpiled for a second. But it's it's just one of the things that I tend to run into. I am not a great startup person. I I like to settle into it a little bit more. And like I said, it's because I, I pigeonhole myself into players and mm-hmm. I'm not willing to draft if the player I want's not there. So See, that that I don't understand. I think that's that's totally whack to me. I, I don't have strong well, I'll say I don't have. I try not to have strong player biases that limit my drafting pool. Mm-hmm. Uh I've made that switch progressively over the last couple of years and I have just been prospering about it. Uh and, and with that mentality. I think that you're doing yourself a real disservice. Yourself, like you, Lucas, hey, and I understand that, that I think I know does themselves a disservice. Like uh, the thing that really got me in trouble a lot back whenever we actually cared about Trey Lance was not taking a quarterback because I wanted Trey Lance to be my QB one and it's going to ride or die. Luckily, most people didn't let me do that. So uh, thank you for that. Somebody that loved uh, him more. Yep. Or uh, not wanting to take a running back until it was two years ago. Travis Etienne. He was the he was the one I wanted because you could get him in the fifth round. I'm like, that's perfect. That's yeah. what will be my RB one. And somebody loved him just a little bit more. And you go, well, I'm not taking a running back until the eighth round now. Uh, what, just, you can still pretty much get yeah. him in the fifth round. So there you go. Yep. Hey, there you Caused go. The yeah. I'll say, I'll say that having a strong player bias is the reason you miss out on getting Purdy. Cause even last year, like mid summer, you were getting Purdy in the 15th round. You could get Jordan love in the 15th round in the 12th round, even though clear path to him starting, but people just didn't like these players because of previous bias and they stick out like a sore thumb. I can't stand Baker Mayfield. I I, I won't say that. I can't stand Cleveland Brown Baker Mayfield stands that were convinced he was goaded. He wasn't. He was very good. His rookie year and had this thing with handing the ball to the other team Every year after that, um, I always thought he was kind of an overrated player. Never liked him once his, his price crossed the fifth round. Stayed away from him. Loved 10th round Baker last year. Loved it. Love 10th round Derek Carr, which you'll, you'll get with impunity because he'll never move up from there. But having these strong player biases is why you end up paying for Brock Purdy at three, four, when you could have got Brock Purdy in the 10, a year later, a year earlier or trading for him. And if you don't have, if you're a portfolio player, like we are, I completely understand if you limit your league to like two, three, four, five, and you're a normal human being, 
<laughs> why you would want to pay for that so you could have a share of a player. I understand that. I think that's important to recognize. But having a strong player bias is the fastest way to miss out on an opportunity if you're a portfolio player about not getting some of these guys when they're dirt cheap, when there is a clear path for them to gain value. And Brock Purdy had a clear path to gain value. It's a double-edged sword, though, because that also led me to drafting Kenny Pickett. Sure. In, in that same range. But I do agree with you. You want to you take, like, especially when you're in like the 8 to 11th round, you want to take the shots on players that could go up a couple rounds in value, for sure. What's wrong with Kenny Pickett in the 10th to 15th round? He's, There's nothing wrong with Kenny Pickett in the 10th to 15th round. At the time? At the yeah. time? Nothing wrong with that pick. It sucks now because we get to look at it through hindsight. I'm taking Will Levis in the 10th round. Oh, for sure, yeah. Hell yeah. Ninth round, Will Levis? Yeah. You just want, you just want those shots over the, like, over yes. those, like, over those, like, you know, old, like, assets, like the like the Keenan Allens. Those just are always going to be available for, for a trade in the league. You want, yeah. like, a guy like Will Levis. Like, there's – he had, like, a bottom could fall out of – a Will Levis pause for sure, but he also could be a fourth round starter pick in a year pretty easily if things go right yeah. for him. Hundred percent offensive and coach, that's, and that's never happening to Keenan Allen. He's offensive never going to be coach. a fourth round starter pick. They again. can go get another wide receiver, pair him with Hopkins if they keep him, unleash Tajay Spears, fix that offensive line. Don't run an archaic system that just slams a running back into the A and B gap continuously and, he, and repeatedly. And he has tools for sure, like we saw. Like we saw, yeah. he, def- he, he definitely runs. He def- now, so. counterpoint, they could draft a quarterback and exactly. say, nope, get rid of this guy. For sure, there's a risk. But you're also running the risk. Let's look at some players that went after him. Deontay Johnson. Okay. Replaceable wide receiver three with, with upside. Okay, cool. Stafford could retire. Kirk Cousins may never be the same. Christian Kirk, fine wide receiver three with upside. Second round rookie picks could all miss. Derek Carr cool. is who he is. He is who we we thought he was, and we let him off the hook. They're all just Amari super, Cooper, fine, super super obtainable players. Yeah, Isaiah likely going really high right now because of the run that that's, he's on. Limited upside with Mark Andrews around. McLaurin, we know what he is. Nick Chubb may never play football again. Calvin Ridley, okay. Daniel Jones, ass. Mm. Derek Henry, eh. Roshan, ass, Eckler, could never play football again. Mondre, 26-year-old running back who's who on a contract, get a second yeah. contract. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, Levis can fail. So can every single other player taken after him. So take the shot. Take the risk. Because you could be looking at 3, 4, 5Xing, even if he plays moderately okay. Because quarterbacks that play, they gain value in their in their rookie year. So we can expect that from Will Levis. I think we covered a lot here today. Yeah. I think there's a very wide open. This isn't necessarily the style of podcast I like to do. I like everything to be very structured and and very, you know, sectioned out and deliberate. But I think there's a very nice open general discussion on how to draft some teams. It took us a little bit to get cooked up, but we're we're we ended up cooking, and, and you know, for for everyone else's enjoyment, we we served everyone a hot dish of drafting <laughs> on this here podcast today. Um, 
this is a great time. I'm glad that we got to do this. Lucas, I'm glad you hopped on with Andy and I. We are looking to book the next episode with myself, Andy, Tom Lee. Not 100% sure when that's going to be up, but we are cooking it up. If there's content that you want that we didn't deliver, let us know in the comments. Tag us in the Discord. Um, whatever you want, whether it's Lucas, myself, Andy, whoever you want to, let us know if there's content that you're not getting because we're here to provide you all with dynasty content whether it is trades who to stay away from who to draft we're the next show is definitely going to be some players to avoid at adp because i see some standouts right now again really tough to get a collection of data we are working on an adp for everyone working hard on it so hopefully we can have that out so there's just a better tool out there for you let's get some final thoughts here we haven't done a final thoughts in quite a long time so lucas you're the guest of honor uh final thoughts on today's program my first final thought is that i can't wait to see you andy and tom lee sporting budgie smugglers together that's just oh, going to be wonderful wait. oh oh i've i've missed yeah. that i uh, can't wait to listen to more of this you know I, I miss hearing Tom Lee's voice every week. I do. Um, it, it's great. One of the smartest players around. I think that this is awesome. This, if I had listened to an episode like this, whenever I very first got into dynasty fantasy football, um, I wouldn't have allowed you to take a cheap Lamar Jackson at one twelve when only three quarterbacks had gone off the board in that first round. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have tried way harder because I think all you gave up was an eighth and mm-hmm. uh, your early second to do it. So yeah, you live and you learn from mistakes like that. And that's, that's just all part of what this is. You're, you're having fun, learn from your mistakes, listen to people who are smarter than you, which for me is pretty much any of the other podcasts out there, nah, but yeah, I, I, you, you have fun with it. And you know, it's, it's conversations like these, they're, they're important to have stuff that I really wish I had before I started, but you know, now I get to pass on the wisdom from many, many mistakes onto <laughs> our listeners. You have like a 200 IQ and you're out here talking about <laughs> people smarter than you. You Yes, and I think I traded um, a fifth, sixth, and future first for the chance to get Miles Sanders in the fourth round. So, Shout out Penn State. We learn. <laughs> the next Saquon Barkley is... Uh, oh. You gotta remember, it's... That was you know a time. I'll say that as my final thought. Andy, uh, final thought uh, from today's episode. And I had fun. I thought it was, you know, real cool, you know, getting to, to meet Lucas. He did cook me when I realized I don't like the third round quarterbacks. And I also hate Bryce Doug and all the fifth round quarterbacks. So then I found out <laughs> I only like about five quarterbacks. So he did kind of cook me there. But <laughs> I had pretty fun, man. I liked that. And I'm happy to, to keep it up and, you know, do some more of these. Heck yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. My, my, my final thought is this. It is easy to look back at hindsight and see your mistakes. It is so simple to do and to make fun of yourself and have others make fun of you for it. Ah, remember when you traded so-and-so for so-and-so? Ah, that's fun. It's cool. But let me tell you, everyone makes bad deals. Everyone has made a bad trade. All right? I've hosed Andy, right? I've had, I've had, I've been hosed in that league. 
I oh, I got receipts, baby. I <laughs> uh, appreciate James Cook. Thanks, buddy. Uh, I, you know, Lucas talked about he's been cooked. He's cooked me. Everyone makes bad decisions. We just want to minimize either. them. You exactly. And if you're okay, kind of being made fun of a little bit on a trade to trade basis, let me tell you, you'll win more than you lose and you'll be better off for it. Do not be afraid of, of taking your shots. Just do it within reason. I'm not a go pound the table, go get your guy at whatever cost type guy. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Okay, we don't want to be going out making egregious trades just so we can pick up your favorite wide receiver. But do not be afraid to take your shots. Do not worry about ridicule. Just keep playing the game and keep learning and keep growing. As long as we don't repeat those mistakes that we made previously, you'll be all right. Like me, who decided that I was still not going to draft late declare wide receivers and instead took Sky Moore over Chris Olave in 95% of my leagues, and now I'm left crying continuously every time I look back at those drafts. And as always, remember to check in on your loved ones because you never know when they're going to need it. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose in your best days. They're always been tilting. Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. tuning in to this edition of the fantasy points podcast remember to subscribe rate and review on your favorite platform and come join the roster at fantasypoints.com. points.com